0: everybody. Welcome to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I'm Clark Coffey, and with me, as always, is Cullen McFader. Hey, Cullen. Hello. A- hey. And we're here uh, with our episode 12, covering the Masterclass Lesson 13. And uh, we're super excited to be here. This is going to be an interesting one. The uh, topic mm-hmm. of, of, of Lesson 13 is Working with Actors, Creating the Character. And I think this 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 one could be juicy. There could be some good stuff here, so oh, yeah. I'm excited for this this one in particular. Uh, I think it'll be fun. And uh, to kick it off, right off the bat, uh, Herzog jumps right into discussing the uh, importance, the the vital nature of casting uh, for a project. And of course, I think this makes you know pretty much uh, common sense, right? Seems important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh how important is it uh colin you had a funny you were just talking to me earlier about like if you added up all the you know that people say you know directing is like 80 percent casting <laughs> yeah and you and were like if you the added up all half those the like cliched and, sayings yeah. you know
1: <laughs> they, it's like it gets like 900 <laughs> percent. right like
0: directing is 80 percent casting but but then it's like 70 percent uh you know s- script and then it's like 90 percent leading and <laughs> It is kind of funny. So, but, but it is, it is clearly uh, extremely important. Uh, I know that I've been part of projects where uh, casting has been done well and it was a great match. And not only did the output, like the actual story at the end the film at the end uh, turn out well, but the, the process of making it was actually one that was joyful and fun. And then I've been on the other side of it where the project didn't turn out so hot and the making yeah. of it was not very fun either. So I've, I've been yeah. on both sides of that. And probably uh, most people, if you've done more than a couple things, you've experienced both sides of it as well. So yeah. definitely, exactly, definitely yeah. important. I don't even think there's anything controversial or special to say about that. So I think it's kind of like the next question is then, OK, well, it's super important. We agree. Well, how do you do it? Like, how 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 do you cast?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and. There's so many different, I mean, good dynamics between, like, let's say you want good chemistry between your leads or whatever, and that can be found in so many different ways, which is kind of why it's a difficult thing to really nail down with, like, a, a simple answer. Right. Um, like, I remember when I, you know, was doing acting, mostly stage acting, but um, I was in a play uh, and where me and this girl, a good friend of mine. Were the two leads for primarily most of the play? Like it was really just a two-person show. There was a few other characters that came in every once in a while, but primarily it was us. And I remember feeling so great about that play because her and I had this like really, really great rapport, both on stage and off stage. Oh, um, really? Not in a not maybe in the way that you would think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is a PG podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, like things like you know, I knew. Because our characters weren't supposed to like each other. They were supposed to be like kind of like a weird sexual tension between them, but they were really supposed to like really not like each other mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I realized mm-hmm. that if she was really angry at me in real life, she gave like an incredible performance. So I used to like eat her lunch and I used oh things gosh. like that. Well, now that's interesting. And just make her really angry. Uh, let me, let me
0: yeah. play a little, little devil's advocate. I'd get like kind of down a, a tangential, you know, alleyway here. But, but that's interesting. So what you're talking about is kind of like. This can I, I I let's I'll just play devil's advocate. I don't want to be argumentative, but what you're talking about can really I think get you in trouble as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you kind of rely on whatever relationship that your characters are experiencing in the story, if you're kind of relying on your relationship to be that way in real life, uh, on set, um, that could that could lead to some big problems. I know you know some actors do this kind of stuff, and I think there's, you know, an appropriate you kind of manipulation that you might be able to do, right? Where it's like, if you're the the main bad guy in a movie, you might not want to be chumming it up with, you know, the rest of the the actors. Uh, you might separate yourself a little bit. But, you know, I think a lot of people run into some big problems doing that, yes, right? I yeah. mean, uh, how many times, it's like, how many times do you have the romantic leads in a story end up being romantically involved? And look at all the in marriages yeah. and relationships <laughs> yeah. that's destroyed that hardly ever works out well or yeah. you know what's that story was it was it jared
1: leto who on oh was sending things on the back? yeah like used or condoms
0: yeah. or rats or something i'm like oh yeah. my that's, god that stuff is uh, bizarre on. to me I mean, but really, the, um, um, it's acting, guys. It's that's yeah. it's called acting because it's not actually you know you don't actually have to have these relationships in real life in order to portray this uh, on screen yeah. or on stage. But um, but but I guess what you're talking about though is that the chemistry between the two of you was worked on stage, and that's such an important part of casting, right? I mean, and like you say, it's so complicated because you've got you know the individual. Look and feel uh, and ability of the individual actor or actress that you've got in front of you, but then of course you're putting them together with other actors, and uh, is that chemistry going to work out? It's it's extremely challenging. It's,
1: it's Yeah, it, and well, but even on the flip side of that too, um, there are some actors that have incredible, incredible on screen rapport that don't like each other at all off screen. Sure, that don't get along, and that it's it, you know, and so that's why i think it's it's a really tough challenge to kind of narrow down like specific um tips or or you know the advice even because it is it can, there's so many different ways that you there is about it. i I, uh, I have a
0: couple ideas though i have a couple thoughts
1: you're right i so
0: certainly i'm not even going to pretend that you can re, you can kind of boil down or distill effective casting uh, into some kind of like list of guidelines or something I, you, you just can't there is such an intuitive piece right that's like that, that would be like trying to explain how do you paint a good painting I mean it's like I, I, you could talk about techniques and you can talk about different types of canvas and paints and brushes and different subject matters mm-hmm. but you can't you know that, that's just not something that can be taught it is an art in and of itself and I'm going to talk about casting directors in a second here because I do have a lot of respect for them. And I think good casting directors are really vital. But what I've yeah. going to say is, you know, a couple a couple simple things. I think, you know, some of the things that I see, in, um, especially in directors who are just starting out, um, they'll get a script and the writer will have uh, often all of these, like, you know, the the gender... The, the race, the, you know, sometimes like height or weight or all of these different kind of external uh, qualities are, are baked into the script, right?
1: Well, yeah, which is always bizarre to me. Right, but,
0: and but, that's exactly yeah. my point. And so, uh, but I've seen this where, you know, and then, okay, so director gets script or or let me say if the director wrote the script, right? they They end up with the script and it's got all of these external kind of qualifications for the character that actually really aren't necessary at all. It's it's yes. really have rare. nothing to
1: do with with their right. Character, it's yeah.
0: actually really rare. A lot of times, like gender, it doesn't actually matter to the story. Now, often, sometimes it does, but I mean, age often doesn't matter. You know, so I, 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 I mean, see this so often where people will put themselves in a little bitty box for casting, and they end up focusing mm-hmm. so much on on these external qualities. Yeah, and it's you're really well, I, cutting yourself off from a lot of opportunity.
1: I remember a few years ago, not to get too far into writing because ultimately this is about acting, but but I do remember a few years ago, um, right when I guess I was I was starting out, kind of stepping into the professional world. I think I just graduated high school, so it must have been five five or so years ago. I was on um, one of those Facebook groups that does like screenwriting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I post a page from a screenplay for feedback, just sort of saying, like, "Hey, is this, does this this introduction make sense? Oh, no. is, it, is it easy to read?" And you know, actually, to to be fair, there were a lot of there was a lot of really good comments huh? on there, and a lot of things that said like, "Hey, this is this is good, but here's what you can work on," blah blah blah. But there was this one guy that was like, just took it and rewrote it in his own <laughs> words to basically be like, "This is how it should be done," <laughs> and it was all just exactly that. Like it was like your character description is not specific. Uh, enough. Like you should have him in, come in and be 35. His hair should be at his shoulders. And oh I was my like, gosh, well, that, that makes no difference for what the character is. Um, but I also. Uh, for this feature that I'm working on right now, that's, that's, it's interesting that you mentioned gender because we actually, from the third... So we wrote three drafts. There had been more than three drafts, but but three total drafts, and there had been like 0.5s and point eight and whatever and, right. and within there, but three major drafts had been written. And on the fourth draft, we decided to switch the gender of the main character. Um, and that was partially casting because we have someone in mind who we really want to play the main character, but it also... I wanted to see um, how it reverberated through the the, the Mm -hmm. script about, you know, if this character suddenly – because the script is, you know, not to give too much away, but it's about a character arriving at their distant cousin's house uh, out in the country and then having to deal with their roommates. And I thought it's a completely different situation if you're a man going there versus a woman. And sometimes it can provide a really interesting change. So I would say even then – Leave it open, like always. You can be always open to you can always switching do rewrites. those things around. Yeah, I mean you can yeah, always yeah.
0: adapt a script. I mean, and, and this is where I would even say, I mean, obviously, look, a script is vital, and and we just joked a second ago about how you know if you added up all these percentages, filmmaking equals like you know six hundred percent because it's the script is vital, the casting is vital, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But you know, I really do think um, that there are a lot of aspects that a script, of a script that can be modified. These spe- specific little. You know circumstances that that mm-hmm. could and should, I think, be modified to work around uh, an extraordinary actor if they didn't fit kind of your preconceived notion of just these external qualifications, right? Uh, so, so I I I would absolutely I'm completely happy to do that and often will. Um, yeah. I, I would so much rather have an actor that feels like they're a great fit that brings so much to the table. And I mean I you know it's like maybe we can discuss that a little bit. I mean I can talk about what I look for. You know when I'm uh, when I'm casting, and, and I also I, let's jump in here too. You know Herzog doesn't really talk about this. Herzog jumps so far. You know he's like, look, you know it's the choosing the right actor is the end all be all. Uh, you know understanding the mm-hmm. hearts of men and all these things. But look, let's be realistic. There are very real and 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 significant practical logistical limitations or considerations to casting uh and and it's i think very rare that you can just absolutely pick just the best actor period at, without taking anything else to consideration and you know uh i can give some examples i mean the, the horror film that we're working on now we are uh, in pre-production we are currently fundraising and we've achieved our first tier of fundraising so it's like okay we're gonna make the film but now we're trying to stretch those goals we're trying to achieve a higher budget and so what we're doing is, is that we are reaching out, we're making offers contingent on budget to actors who have an audience who have somewhat of a name in the horror genre, which is, you know, where our film lies. And we're not auditioning these people. I've never worked with them before. I don't know what they're like on set. I can only see their the work that they've done previously, right? But I don't even get a chance to meet them. I'm, I'm going to be working as co-director on this film. And I'm not even going to, you know, it's like if, if they say, if they say yes, I, I'll accept and we get this, but right. Then we can, and the whole point is, is that we can use their name to continue our, further our fundraising, hopefully raise more money, get a higher budget. What we do that they're on board. And so I've got to take whatever comes. And that happens a lot. And I think at a lot of levels of film, you know, not just down here in these little bitty quarter of a million dollar or less films. But that's you know, uh, casting is such a huge part of of budget and marketing that those concessions are always being dealt with. So, and also just write the uh, limitations of what you've got. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly right. You hold castings. It's like wherever your geographic location is, whatever the you know the limitations of your your budget, et cetera, et cetera, your geography. I mean, you've got to pick from what you have available to you. So,
1: well, I, I think. And I think a huge aspect of it is also um, people. I, I hear this question so often, which is like, what's the line you draw on collaboration? Mm and you know so like if an actor has an idea great question yeah um you know what's where do you where do you say you know like no i'm the director i make the final (laughs) call versus what but i think that that the thing is you you can't really draw that line in your mind the way i deal with it is if it's a good suggestion i go with it and if it's not i don't right like i I, i'm never really on set especially when it comes to collaboration and the ideas that people bring i'm never sitting there going like no, no no the actor can't make a suggestion for a shot because they're the actor um, I would rather my actors not be thinking about that, but if they For do sure, suddenly right. come up with something on, on the set and go like, Hey, what if we try this? I'm not going to go, no, that's not your department. I, I, if it's a good suggestion then I'm going to take it, I, I don't really draw those lines in my head of going like, no, 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 I've got to make this decision and leave it up to this department and, and separating those departments. Cause I think that's a huge part of it is that a really good team is, and we've talked about this in the directing episode, but I think it should go beyond just the director mm-hmm. a really good team on a film set should know every department um obviously not master it because that that would be a lot of time and a lot of effort put into doing so but but should understand um the departments because that allows so much communication uh, between department, department and of
0: course you know an actor having an understanding of of how a set works and certainly understanding um you know what's going on with the camera with lenses with other things mm-hmm. having like a general understanding of where your frames going to be at certain focal lengths of lens you know and other things that's very handy but yeah like I like you said I, I would much rather have my actor uh, being concerned with their performance and their character as opposed to worrying about the technical logistical issues of, of the goings-on of the set I will say mm-hmm. this though it's because sometimes you can you can have this kind of happen I've been in this place before I agree with you that a director should be open to feedback. And um, and I certainly believe that actors can have very great feedback, especially when it comes to the script and their character. If they're doing their homework, they're spending a tremendous amount of time breaking down and analyzing that script. But you do have to be careful that the desire to, to give feedback uh, doesn't doesn't get in the way of them doing what's asked of them though. Mm -hmm. Right. Um and it it should be a very easy compromise where, you know, if an actor comes to the director, say that's you, comes to you and has a suggestion for the character or something, you know, it's it's I think you have kind of the obligation to take that and look at it. Um but you can say, no, I appreciate that, but let's do it as written. Now if the actor is unwilling to do that. That's clearly an issue. Um, so there's oh, a line. Even
1: Herzog talks about about in the um, the Vietnam movie about the prisoners oh, the, of war, uh, where the guy I can't Christian, remember the specific names. It's the Christian, Christian Bale, Bale movie. Yeah. But it's the other actor who's who's trying to deliver a line yeah. and, and can't do it without either laughing oh, or the sound right, 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 right. And so Herzog says, "No, no, let's take it out. Just say it as you would say it." Right. And then the actor just said, "Okay, I would just say you right. know, goodbye and good luck." Right. And like it's things it's like that that collaboration that for like, sure. Yeah, but so often directors are so stuck. On, can be on you know. Can yeah. be, and I
0: think sometimes the less the experience, uh, the more often that's the case. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think it's just because you know it's um, when you're when you're new out there. It's it feels a little more threatening to 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 yeah. kind of improvise, quote unquote, so much on set. But I think as you gain experience, as you get more and more familiar with what's going on, I think you you're more and more open and accepting of of these kinds of gifts, let's call them, that can occur on set when you're shooting. Um but you know, I just wanna go back to, I mean, like like we've we've really hammered home that it's it's an intuitive process that's difficult to to create a bunch of guidelines on. But I mean, there are some things, right? It's like, I think auditions are important. Um, it Auditions are a wacky thing. They really yeah. are a wacky thing. I've yeah. been, I've, I have been on both sides of this process so much. Colin, I'm not sure how much experience you have, but in the years that I was um, pursuing purely, strictly acting, of course, as an actor, I was in auditions very, very regularly. Uh, and they often felt pretty... Boy, pretty wacky, pretty useless, pretty sometimes even insulting, frankly, Um, because certainly there are some good ways to run auditions and there are some not so great ways to run auditions. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think audition process is important and I don't, you know, I think regardless of what level your project is on, of course, if you already have a working relationship with people and you know, personally actors, it's, that's a great way of, course, and that's what you'll see, you know, a lot of directors will work with the same actors over and over and over again, uh, Herzog included with Kinski, uh, because once you find somebody you work really well with, it's like, generally you want to grab onto that, you know, um, yeah, yeah. But the audition process can be grueling, and I would say you know one kind of accept uh, uh, accept that it that it could take a long time, and build that into your pre-production. Don't shortchange the amount of time that you've got for casting, um, and even allowing yourself to have you know multiple uh, sessions. And at and, and at every stage, right? You're going to have your initial sta- uh, your initial set of castings or of, of auditions. Uh, You're going to bring people to callbacks. You're going to have chemistry reads. uh, You're going to want to move people around and see how they interact uh, in different combinations. Give yourself time and budget for that. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is important. And you'll be doing two things here, and both are vital. You're going to be giving a sense of what these people are like personally, what their character is like. Um, Not their their on-screen character, but their actual human character. And yep. you'll get a sense yeah. of, like, do your personalities mesh? Do you seem to work well together? Do you enjoy being each other's company? Do they take feedback well? Do they have useful feedback for you? Uh, you'll get a sense of that. And and you can't do that aside from spending time with people. Um, and,
1: and you don't always have to be friends either. No, I think that's a really key you don't. thing. Like you don't always have to necessarily get along with these people so long as your relationship well, professionally, is and, I think prof- and professional. I mean, you have to be able yeah. to
0: be cordial and and. Right, yeah. I mean, you have to have a be, the ability work. to work yeah. well. But yeah, you don't have to be best buddies. Absolutely I, not. I
1: know, I know very many people that I work with that I enjoy working with on a professional level that I would never hang out with yeah, or sure. a drink with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's kind of what's important is that, like you, again, you don't have to get along with these people in the way that in I a mean... you know, friendship way. Yeah, have in a friendship way. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely. And some of the most uh like productive and fruitful collaborations i've had with people i was also not buddies with absolutely Mm -hmm. um but then but then some of you know but it has been the case uh conversely as well so uh, it's not that you can't be friends with somebody and work well but it doesn't have to
1: be there um yeah and there i mean there are some people i've worked with that i i even i would say have strained stressful relationships with and stressful times yeah. on set where it actually turns out really well though. I mean, and you look well, at Herzog and to,
0: Kinski, my goodness, not yeah. To, Herzog and Kinski not... is a great example.
1: And <laughs> I was going to say um, Kubrick and a lot of, uh, you know, even Shelley Duvall and, and the oh, Shining, my. where it was like, it was basically bullying. <laughs> well,
0: and let's, you know, and I want to talk about that. That's a great segue. That's a great segue yeah. because, you know, Herzog speaks to something that, um, you know, I never want to put words in his mouth and so mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, I'll never know exactly to, to what extent he is suggesting this. But he talks about what's on screen is all that matters. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to lean a little bit to the side that, that, that there's an understood thing going on here, which is that it's understood, though, that that doesn't mean abusing people. That doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and and yes, there are some pretty, like, mythically big stories of Herzog and Kinski in the past and, you know. He- Her- Herzog trying to get him killed. Right, like, I think <laughs> Herzog been holding them at gunpoint saying, you can't, you know, finish this film. I, I, I vaguely seem to remember reading that that actually really didn't happen in that way. Um, but certainly there's a lot of mythology around that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would hope that, you know, at his age now with his level of experience, I'm, I'm going to guess that he assumed, you know, he's kind of, there's an understood here, which is that, yes, what goes on screen matters, but it's also vital that the process does not mean abusing people. And so wow. I definitely don't think, now it's interesting. I don't know about you, Colin. It was like when I was your age, I actually felt pretty differently. I cared a lot less about hurting people's feelings. I cared a lot less about how I treated people and I really did kind of only care about the finished product, and I have really, really changed my tune on that as I've aged. Where do you see? Sit I on um,
1: that? I no, I I think that it's, I think, honestly, it's as cheesy as it sounds. Positivity on set is like one of the most important ingredients, and simply respect. because, well, not only in respect and everything, but not only because of the actual working environment on the set of that shoot. But people aren't going to come want to come back and work with you again if you're if they have a shitty time on your set, right? I mean, it, that's that's the bottom line is that if I treat people like crap and, you know, no matter how good the pro, the final yeah. product is, is, unless I'm Stanley Kubrick who got away with it because he was Stanley Kubrick, mm-hmm. uh people aren't going to want to come back and work with you. And I think uh, I think people often romanticize that kind of I thing. Think too, sometimes that too, they go I, like yes. I can be, you know, I can be Gordon Ramsay, I can be yelling at people and shouting at people and all it's that. It's such that, a, all common trail, is that I'm a right? it's like, it's yeah, like the yeah. the
0: crazy you know creative guy the demanding leader the you know ruthless mm-hmm. kind of tyrant or dictator on set you know the director and is and it does sort of
1: go back to what we talked about a few episodes ago too where it was like herzog was saying you know with my actor nicholas cage when he said you know can we meet up for lunch or something and, and or he herzog to, said no we go home yeah, we, wanted, we just we stay cage separate whereas herzog i i stayed
0: his house i think is what it was yeah. yeah
1: whereas i'm i'm very much the opposite like i very happily will go out with cast and crew after a shoot for a drink and you know i think that it's so important to have very open lines of communication there and to um and not only again not only for what's on the screen but just for the even just the 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 safety of people like we've heard all these horror stories coming out absolutely especially over the past few years where it's like you know had you just had open lines of communication so often with those things have have not been able to occur yeah I I mean Um, you
0: you make a great point Cullen that there is a there's a logistical side um and I'll just reiterate it because it's vital how you treat people is going to have a profound impact on your ability to work in the future and I don't care what whatever role you're in as you're an actor if you're a director if you're a DP if you're you know anything if you're a grip I mean it doesn't matter How you treat people is important in the real world. It's a small industry. Even out here in LA, I cannot tell you how many times I see the same people or how small the degrees of separation are between myself and other people. It's insane. It blows my mind. And this is one of the biggest um, markets in the industry anywhere in the world. And it's still really small. So that's a good practical aspect, but of course, I you know, not to get too preachy or anything, but my goodness, I mean, there's also a moral and ethical obligation here. I mean, if you know, I mean, it's just treating people with respect, being appropriately professional. That certainly doesn't mean you can't be friends with someone, um, but but treating people with respect, respect, and having a courteous professional. Uh, working environment, I think, is vital. And even more, I mean, just to get a tiny bit philosophical here, you know, I think a lot of people believe that the um, means justify the ends, right? And that's kind of mm-hmm. what you're saying when you say what matters is, what you know, the only thing that matters is what's on screen. And that, that's basically just another way of saying the, in, the ends justify the means. And I, I actually don't believe that. I think it's the, the process of, of making a film and the community that you create uh, between the people that you're working with, and that collaboration, um, and then even when you're done with the film, and the community that that film creates with its audience, uh, is vital. And, and I think that that process, how you how you actually do that, so the means, has just such a huge impact on yes. Uh, uh, and to me, that's kind of where it's all at anyway. When I'm done with a film is when I actually don't care about it anymore. That's actually when, like, right? It's the process is all I care about.
1: Um, No, I mean, I I, I was actually just about to say that too, that I I don't really enjoy premieres. (laughs) Right, it's like you enjoy working, you know? I do it because, yeah, I like the process. Um, I also, too, to just add on to that as well, um, I think it's the only situation where I think I would really agree with, you know, all that matters is on screen is really the technicalities. Like I i, I don't care yeah. if, if the light the shot is lit by an iPhone or if the shot is lit by a <laughs> you know an airy you know ten thousand right. dollar light. But but when it comes to relationships and 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 I would say the like working environment. Um no I think it's it's hugely, hugely important yeah to, And I think you can have you know, both, I think,
0: right? You can you can yeah, do all absolutely. Of, and I would imagine I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Not really, haha but I'm gonna imagine working on a Herzog set today's day and age is probably a profoundly respectful, courteous, professional, uh, conducive environment. That's what I'm going to guess. Um, and so I think yes, the what go what's on screen matters. Uh, the film is important, but you can do that. Uh, and I think you actually will even have better luck doing it um, if you treat everybody around you with respect and grace. And oh, absolutely. And I'm and
1: I'm going to go back to this this kitchen analogy again yeah. um because i just I, I i do sort of have very active you know proof of this which is that when you are like i think a lot of people look at negative enforcement as the most you know powerful type mm. of enforcement that if someone's not doing their job and i shout at them <laughs> that they're gonna do their job you break out the whip do it well and again and that's why i kind of brought up this like gordon ramsay type oh, thing where gosh, it's like yeah. you've got this just whole screaming idea people. of yeah, whereas and and sure does he make great food? Absolutely. Do those people get their ass in gear when when he screams at them? Sure. But I am, you know, I would never say this to Gordon Ramsay because he'd probably <laughs> scream yell at, at me, you. But, but I I would always be curious to know if he didn't do that. If someone made a mistake and you know, yeah. not not accepted the mistake, but went up to them and said, "Hey, what do you need?" Right. Like, "What do you need for me? How can I help?" Or even just saying like, "No, nope, don't panic. Just do it again." Yeah. And that kind of thing that would his kitchen run more efficiently, would his you know workplace run more efficiently? Because I remember working when I was a bartender um, and the bar manager before me was quite the, the Gordon Ramsay type kind of oh, thing, where no. it's like very, you know, on the thing. And then when I started training people, I kind of took the opposite approach. And at least what I found, and this is very anecdotal, but what I found was that there were less mistakes. Yeah. That people weren't stressed out, you know, shaking a martini too long because they wanted to make sure that it was perfect. They they were calm, and that was the whole point of what I was trying to do. Was you know, I'm, I if there's one thing I can say about myself is I'm quite good at staying calm. Um, yeah, you seem to be a pretty calm really dude. Important. Yeah. It's all of the. I just have a constant IV of of. T H C oil, <laughs> but no, really. I, I think that I think that again, staying calm. And I, that's not to say that exactly all the time. That's why I carry around the big IV I V bag. You with know, me. I always but, I wondered um, that.
0: Like when you came over to visit yeah. and you had that, like I picked you up at the airport. I'm like, what? No,
1: yeah. no, but I, I think that again that that's kind of and that's not to say that I won't you know reprimand someone or on a set that I won't say to someone, hey, you're not doing your job. Yeah. But if someone makes an honest mistake and they're they're trying. There's no reason to get angry at them and to shout at them and to, to kind of you know make them feel like crap. Yeah. Because I think that often that just makes a worse final product because now they're freaking out and about you it. Really and they're, do. they're stressed. Yeah. Out. You
0: really do bring up a great point. I mean, I think that it, it is just as likely to say and we'll never know, but I agree with you on your hunch. But it's it's I think that it's very likely that some a person like Gordon Ramsay is not successful because he treats people poorly. He's successful in spite. of of the fact mm-hmm. that he treats people poorly, and it would be interesting to see how he treats people when he's not on camera and has to live well, up to this, yeah. you know, uh, caricature that he plays exactly um, when he's. And there's
1: such a vast difference between the American and the British kitchen nightmares right. in that way too. But not to get into right, right. Ramsey's podcast. But, that's but my other to
0: podcast. But I talk about you mentioned <laughs> you 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 said something that kind of uh, reminded me uh, a little bit of another aspect of this question or this this. Um, the consideration. You talk about you know uh, not treating people poorly as a means to get you know elicit different behavior, right? If they're slacking on set or not you know performing their job duties, you talk about negative versus positive. But something we haven't talked about too, and you mentioned Kubrick, and he did this uh, manipulating actors to try to elicit different performances. I think that there's you know a really strong uh, for me personally. I think there's there that's a very dangerous area to get into, and I know that there mm-hmm. are
1: his slippery slope.
0: There's a very slippery slope, and I think that you know there are examples of directors in the past who I think manipulate actors in unethical and inappropriate ways to elicit mm-hmm. uh, performances. And uh, I I would just on the record that I do not uh, I would I don't want to be manipulated as an actor. Um, I would not want to be manipulated in some kind of negative way. Uh, I think a director's job is to create a conducive environment for the actor to work. And going back to the importance of casting, hopefully you've cast someone who's able to give the kind of performance and emotional range that the story and character demands. So hopefully Mm -hmm. that's been done. Uh, If you're having to really manipulate in significant ways your actor... I, you might have not cast very well then. I, it's yeah. a very dangerous area there,
1: and and when I and when I say it's a slippery slope as well, I mean that the, like there's there's so many different levels to it right like, so for example in alien when they were shooting alien um ridley scott didn't tell the actors that the alien was going right. to bust out of the chest which i think that's is a, that's perfectly I think fine that's because ethical, then you're getting a genuine yeah, that's an ethical reaction.
0: acceptable. i don't even call that um, a manipulation really yeah right? it's
1: more just a it's a it's a little you know you're just you're just leaving out information right. so you get a reaction right. whereas uh, a manipulation that i see as being both physically and emotionally dangerous would be something like on the exorcist. When Friedkin told, I believe it was Linda Blair, um, that when she's ripped back, that they're not actually going to pull her back for the moment. They're just going to, they're going to cut before her pull back and they're going to swap her out with her stunt. Yeah. And then didn't tell her and then pulled her back and she wound up, you know, Having a huge neck injury because of it, it's that's like unacceptable. That Where it's like, I, I, that's unacceptable. I think exactly, that yeah. if
0: you're lying to your cast, you probably are stepping into some not so great areas. That my personal, yeah, yeah. if you can't be truthful, right? And I think there's a difference. Like you could, you know, I, I don't know what Ridley Scott, of course, said, but there is. I can imagine many ways where you could leave something a secret and say, "Hey guys, uh, hey cast, um, you know, you know the story, you've read the script." Something's going to happen here, but I, I don't want you guys to see it beforehand or know exactly when it's going to mm-hmm. happen because I really would like to have a spontaneous response that people can say, yeah, OK, sounds great. um But but to put somebody in a position where they're going to be physically manipulated in a violent way, like the example you just gave from the exorcist it, to, to lie to them. And then mm-hmm. and then it that's I, I just think that's, you know, so maybe that's a good guideline. If you're having to lie to people, you know. That's probably maybe you're getting into an area that at least I, I would personally not want to be in, not as an actor mm-hmm. or as a director.
1: Well, and again, it's it's to me, it's just about communication. So like I, for example, I've had to film scenes where not full out fight scenes, but where car- characters get very physical with mm-hmm. each other, whether it's just like a push up against a wall or something right. like that. And I would never go to the actor that's doing the pushing and say, okay, go really far with it. Right. I want to get this and not tell the other actor what I would do in that situation have have if consent, I want it to be really have intense. You Exactly. It's I go to the other actor who's getting pushed and I would how say, how do you feel about this? Listen, did, how, th- yeah. how, how real can we go? How, how comfortable are you with going? And if you're not, then absolutely, you know, say cut or, or just right. let me know or whatever. Um, but what, you know, if, if we go, if, if you're actually, you know, shaking around a little bit. Is that okay? And then that actor is now going to go, yeah, that's they're fine. Or they may not say no, but they're, but you know, most of the time they'll say, yeah, that's fine. Thanks for talking to me. Now we have yeah. a, a open line of communication. I know that, you know, you, I can trust you. And that's a huge part of it. It's just this, that you're not breaking the trust of your actors, Right.
0: And I think you're right. And allowing them to be a part of the conversation, uh, to give them the information to make uh, conscious choices uh, to not present uh, lies to them, I think these are all very good general guidelines for remaining, you know, uh, con- you know, maintaining an ethical, moral relationship with your actors. But you know, clearly yeah. there are many examples. I I hope it's happening less and less. Uh, but clearly there are many examples where that has not been the case in the past, and some very famous. And I think sometimes sometimes that, it's been fatal. It, sometimes I mean, it, absolutely, and it's been fatal before too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not even getting into the world of if there are, you know, simulated sex scenes or, you know, lovemaking oh, scenes God, or yeah. things like this. I mean, it's the the amount of precaution that should be taken in those situations and the level of consent at every single minute detail is vital. Um,
1: uh-huh. And all, I mean, that's the thing about those things, too, is that like those scenes if they're taken from a certain energy can be a blast to shoot it can be hilarious and you can have fun doing it because everybody's embarrassed anyway it's like yeah and you can just kind of you can but but it's this point where again where you lose the trust of your actors and you start to manipulate yeah um that that's kind of where and again it's like i love scaring people i love (laughs) pranks of like hiding people's closets and jumping out and stuff like that you are a little scary though I mean, you know, it's true that you're calm.
0: It's true that you're calm, Colin. But I think, you know, it's behind that A little bit Norman Bates, huh? Right, because let's tie this in. You know, Herzog talks about his role in Jack Reacher. and Remember, he's like the main Mm. bad guy, and Mm -hmm. he has that guy bite off.
1: The bite off the finger, yeah. But Herzog
0: specifically talks about in this lesson how, you know, it's like... His performance. He's like, I come from a place of this power. There's no reason for me to be emotional. There's no reason for me to like yell or anything. So I'm just calm. And I feel like, is that is that you, Colin? Is that I, I, that you come yes. from such a place of just like you don't a even. A man need. will bite off
1: his finger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I'm loving. I'm sorry. I think I interrupted you. You were gonna say, um, what were you? I don't even. Oh know. no, I, I
1: just just that that it's it's one of those things where it's like. There are things like that that I, again, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, doing to or or just to go back right to the beginning where it's like when I was, you know, I was never mean to my co-star mm-hmm. in that play. I was just doing things like if she had a brownie, I'd, I'd open the brownie and take a bite out of it or something like that. And It would just kind of get the energy there. And I, w- I would never, you know, intentionally hurt anybody or no. anything like that. And it's, it's things like that where it's, again, it and that's why I think it is it's. It's both a slippery slope, but also something that you have to draw really clear lines on, and- because if that ever went too far, then it's immediately something that has to be shut down. Oh my! Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas if you know, even in in let's go back to that alien anecdote where it's like if he he didn't tell them that there was going to be the whole blood effect and all that, which again nobody was hurt nothing like that, but if one of the actors came up and said, "Listen, I have you know, a really weak heart, <laughs> and I you know I I." i feel unsafe or even just like my then you've you know, got to rethink, emotionally you have to rethink then you've got to go okay it. they're valid and thinking that and, and i've got to rethink what yep. i did but um and that's why again it's so important to just know your actors i, th- I just know and, and get consent there and get yeah, consent
0: yeah i uh you know and, and this kind of segues into another we haven't touched on it yet but herzog mentions it in this lesson we're talking about working with actors here um you know, he talks about when he's you know most of his cast when he prof- cast professional actors, experienced actors. He's fairly hands off as far as how you know he's trusting right that these professionals, uh, and and of course Herzog has worked some, with some extraordinary actors. I mean, he's been in a position for decades now where he can uh, he can get high caliber actors. Um, but when he works with a, a a newer performer, less experienced performer, let's say like Bruno S, for example, uh, where he goes so far as to actually give the an actor line readings. Um, mm-hmm. Bruno S, of course, is you know a very unique kind of situation uh, as a human being, um, much less performer. And so, but I but extrapolate that though to just in general, you know, uh, giving line readings or how to give feedback. Um, I don't know what your experience or thoughts are. I guess in a scenario where you've got a complete, just a completely inexperienced actor. And of course, again, going, that's such a unique experience. I mean, Bruno was cast for, for uh, the films he was in um, because of his unique personal experience being similar to the character's experience. But so that's a very unique situation where this actual human being had experienced neglect and abuse an isolation which mirrored the character um but i don't you know there's not too many scenarios where i think i would have an inexperienced actor uh in a role but i'm very much against line readings i guess is what i'm trying Mm. to say (laughs) all of this
1: no i've never i've never um the closest i would say i've ever gotten to something like that would be you know not necessarily saying say it like this but kind of going like you know if i'm talking to the actor about it you kind of go like Ah, and you kind of do the line out but but it, i would never say like do it exactly but that like a that it's more of just, <laughs> i suppose it is but i mean i would never but i do would it never like this uh, is implied <laughs> yeah i, I but i more mean what i mean is more than like if i'm doing that it's not on set. i see it's oh it's, okay it's during a conversation prior right. where i'm kind okay. of going like if they have a question to say like i see you know, is this delivered sort of are you planning on this being delivered like this or like this? And I sort of go, Well, in my mind it kinda of goes like this. But, what I usually but, do
0: i I I have gotten into the habit and, you know, I, I will admit that sometimes this can be challenging because it can take so very long. But what mm-hmm. I and, and sometimes it can be frustrating too. So you're always having to, to tailor how you do things with each individual personality, with each individual actor. But I'll often ask questions instead of trying to you know, I'll try to guide people toward their own understanding and interpretation by asking questions. And usually what I will focus on are the given circumstances in the story. And I will try to point actors to focusing on these given circumstances and help them come to a refined or different interpretation of those given circumstances on their own. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the the pros of this, of course, is that you're never having to give line readings. You're not doing their job for them. You're eliciting and inviting their full interpretive artistic abilities. They're, you're asking them to bring everything they possibly can to the table. But it can be extremely time consuming. And so mm-hmm. generally it's, a you know, uh, in rehearsal, uh, this is a great. And I started doing this actually when I was directing theater. So I was working in a scenario where we had a lot of time uh, in rehearsals, and I would even work with actors one-on-one outside of rehearsals where appropriate. But you know, film, you may not have this. Television, you definitely don't have this. No. Um, yeah. It just does not <laughs> exist. Um, but there are variations on that theme. I mean, you can still include questions. You can still include pointing people to given circumstances and asking them to focus their interpretive abilities on that uh, as opposed to, you know, I, I, I never try to focus on the performance, right? So I want you to do it like XYZ, right? Like louder, mm-hmm. or sadder, like definitely not that. But I mean, I, outcome is what I'm not trying to focus on. I don't want to try to tell the actor what type of output should be existing from their performance, but rather I'm trying to inform their process so that they get to their own output, if that makes sense. Yeah um so that's just my two cents on it um but
1: no exactly i mean that's that's and that's what i mean when i say that it's it's not to me something that it's like do it specifically like this it's more of if they've got a question as to how when it was written if if that is if i wrote the script um how it was written you know what what's the, the the tenor of that line kind of how does it go but but i also very very open to it if that doesn't work for that actor that type of energy is like the antithesis to that person's delivery. Then I'd be like, okay, well, how do you feel? How do you feel it going? And, and what do you think your character would, you know, right. or how do you think that line would be? We said in this context, or would they even say it? Would and it that's where that I even try not to focus on around?
0: like lines for, you know, I guess maybe this just comes from my experience as a, an actor and not to get too far down this rabbit hole of a path. Um, Maybe in another episode, we can or talk about mm-hmm. this more down the road, but I, I, I'm I not even, I'm not worried about lines usually. I'm never mm-hmm. worried. Yeah. I think it's more the idea. I remember when I was yeah. like a brand new actor and I, I, I would worry about intonation and, you know, it's all about lines and, you know, how do what I say the lines and all these kind of things. And I, I couldn't be more f- far from that now. Mm. I'm, I'm so focused on... The, the given circumstances and the these memories that are created of these given circumstances and taken as kind of real memories in your homework process. And then your emotional responses and reactions emanating from these memories that you've created for yourself, right? Given the mm-hmm. circumstances in the script. So I'm always trying to point actors to the, the creation of these quote unquote memories from these given circumstances by helping them hone in on maybe things they hadn't seen in the script. Or maybe they yes, take an yeah. interpretation in a direction that wasn't conducive to the story at this time. So I really try to work with actors in that way. But I, 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 I mean, it's, I, I honestly can't think of a time recently when I've been like, you're not saying the line right. You need to say it this oh, way, no. you know. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The only, I mean, the only time that would ever really come up is if it's like so far off base. But even then. At that point, just reading a line back, to the person's not going to. You got to break you, it down. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to conversation. Yeah, you're going to have, yeah, and, gonna have to. Yeah.
0: It's tough, though. I mean, but because it, it's true, right? It's like if you're on a, if it, it depending on where you're at, you may not have time to do that. So just again, yeah. if this is where working with actors, you know, finding a way to have rehearsal time, to develop a rapport, to get on the same page with their homework and and your work as a director is so key, so key.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. Is that sometimes it's just quicker to change something yeah then to Can't or be. to allow the actors to experiment sure. for just like five minutes then to try and get that <laughs> yeah, line, right you know down concrete exactly as it is so i do think yeah there's a there's a really important element to just like you know the script isn't gospel um be prepared to and as herzog says be prepared to throw out the script on set which yeah. i you know, I w- I don't think I would do that, that <laughs> far, not but, throw it but out I do think that the yeah. the yeah just in the trash. But um, no, I do think that there's there's uh, a really important lesson there, which is just like it's not. You know, the the sc- uh, the, the screenplays and movies are two different formats, and sometimes mm-hmm. something works in one format that doesn't necessarily work in the right. other.
0: They're a blueprint. I think they're a blueprint. And you can improvise a bit to some extent for sure. Well, we'll kind of like segue a little bit here um, as we wrap up this lesson. I I think this is the the kind of the major content of Herzog's lesson, but he does talk about a few other things here. Uh, He talks about physicality uh, in performance. And uh, example he uses is um, he talks about uh, Nicolas Cage in Bad Lieutenant and how he worked with Cage on the physicality of his character uh, how Cage kind of, and I think we've talked about this actually in another lesson. I, I think he's brought this up actually a couple times here so far. Um, but he talks about this kind of, you know, the crooked posture that Cage adapts and, um, mm-hmm. and how he worked through that. Um, let's see. He talks about wardrobe and props and he talks about a Gary. And um, again, actually, and we've talked about this too before the very similar like uh, physicality between those two characters. I think Herzog very much yes. likes, uh, <laughs> he, he likes that to kind portray of limpy, his, almost, yeah. his like crooked characters in a crooked way. Um, yeah, very, very, make it very,
1: On the not not on the nose, but very, you know, bringing that physicality yeah, forward. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it talks about uh, the wardrobe and props. I think the wardrobe's actually amazing in a Gary. Um mm-hmm. I love how the armor rusts. And we know how
1: Herzog feels about wardrobe.
0: um let's see uh what else let's see he talks about you know uh finding a.
1: well i think if i can just point on physicality real quick um i do think that one of the things that i've that i didn't steal from herzog but i stole from kurosawa Uh um, which is similar and they sort of say similar things about this um is that kurosawa used to um have his actors in character choose some sort of uh, physical quirk or tick to carry through the whole movie. Uh-huh. So if it was somebody wringing their hands or, you know, that's a very, again, that's very on the nose, but it could have been something as simple as, you know, someone um, has a twitch in their eye or someone when they walk, one leg goes a little bit further than the uh-huh. other one and things like that, where it's like just something that, and for Kurosawa, it was because when he grew up watching silent movies, it was an immediate way to recognize sure. a character without necessarily seeing who they were sure. up front that you could see someone, you could tell who they were just by their silhouette, yeah. et cetera. And I think that that carries into a lot of what Herzog says, which is like, um, you know, nowadays we have such amazingly high resolution cameras that you don't really need to worry about not being able to recognize a person on screen. Um, but that, just having that physicality blend in with their their character choices can be such sure. an incredible kind of way to identify characterization and things like that. Well, it's like a visual that.
0: medium, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so why not take advantage of the the visual uh to you know, I'm all, I'm all about density of storytelling. So, yeah. you know, any chance you have an opportunity um, and this is, you know, and I want to tie this in with the importance of casting, right? Be looking for these kinds of things. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's so much focus on lines. You know, lines, lines, lines. Do you have your lines memorized? Do you, you know, how? Uh, it, auditions, especially at you know, kind of more amateur levels, for both the director and the actor, it's so much about lines. And, yes. And yeah. I just want to say, you know, really pay attention to an actor's physicality. See what they bring into the room when they audition. Uh, you can. I think that you can often tell. How much importance or, you know, have they done homework on the physicality of this character? You know, when the scene starts in the room, do can you see them kind of change, right? Do you get a sense that they've now changed into this character? Did something happen? You know, make suggestions, give feedback in the room and see if they can adapt new physicality right in the moment. I think that'll give you a good sense of... Uh, if that's something that they're working on in their homework, they're cognizant of. yeah, so exactly. Um, you know, and and then Herzog talks about um, finding a character's voice. And this is something that, boy, you know, you could talk about for an extremely long time. Um, mm-hmm. We've already hinted at it when I was joking about you speaking so calmly because you are coming from such a place of power. Uh, but Herzog <laughs> does bring up his example of his role in Jack Reacher um and how he you know chose to to portray quietly that intensity of his character um i don't really have a ton more to add to that except to say of course it's it's vital um that occur i
1: mean mean, there's some great examples of you know kurtz and apocalypse now and things Ah, like that where it's not you don't always need to blow up the screen to to you provide You definitely don't always role. need to
0: blow up the screen and I think again, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of tie it back into the overall, you know, center of what this lesson is about uh is to definitely be looking at that as a director when you're casting. Yeah. Um hat even if and this is I think key, you know, even if the actor has made right because most of the time the actors are going to be coming in having worked off of sides, which are just a few pages. That's just a scene. Yes. More mm-hmm. often than not, I, well, 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 more often than not, your actors are not going to be have given the entire script. Now, I do want to make a comment about this, though. For me, I like to actually give the entire script to my actors before they audition. I know a lot of people don't do this, and in the in the industry, it's much more rare that you're going to get a script as opposed to just sides. But I Mm. always give my auditioning actors the entire script because it it tells me a few things. One, did they take the time to read the whole script? And I think that's important. Uh, You know, it takes about what forty-five minutes to an hour to read a ninety to one hundred and twenty-page script, give or take. And I'm not a fast reader um so did they what was their investment uh did they take the time to do that and two it's going to i mean there's no reason not to give your actors all the tools that they might need to do as much homework as possible so that they can really bring something into the room to you and so you know as far as connecting this to finding a character's voice really look to see what is the depth of the homework that an actor has done when they come in the room to audition It'll give you an idea of their passion or, you know, do they like the, pro- are they involved, invested in your project? Did they connect with the strip script? Did they put enough work into, you know, did they put the work in uh, for the audition? I mean, it tells you a lot uh, about an actor. So that's just, you know, and a lot of people work different ways that might not work for somebody else. But as an actor, I always appreciated the opportunities when I got the full script. And as a director, I always give the full script if, if it's even remotely possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I agree completely. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, it, we will end on an agreement then.
1: Yes. yes. All right. Well, until I throw something in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well,
0: you've got a few seconds here as I wrap up. You can maybe disagree with me on something and we can end on that if if you (laughs) so desire. But anyway, um, well, everybody out there listening, uh, as always, we really appreciate it. Uh, We hope that you found this entertaining, enjoyable, informational. Uh, enjoyable background music as you uh, change the brakes on your truck in the garage whatever the case may be we hope that you've enjoyed it and uh, we will see you uh, next time with uh, episode 13 which is going to be a little bit of an extension of this one, working with actors on set. So I'm really looking forward Mm -hmm. to that one too. All these acting ones have like a special place in my heart uh, because of all my experience as an actor. So I'm really looking forward to this one as well. Uh, But Cullen, thank you so much as always for being here. Thank you. And everybody out there, we'll see you next time. Take care.
1: Bye-bye.